And you're listening to The Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian-American perspective. Set the bridge on fire You won't let me cross over Let the flames go And hey everyone, welcome to episode 103 of the Clubcast. It's probably going to be Friday, January 20th, 2016. A very momentous day. 2017 now, man. 2017, shit. <laughs> it's 2017. A very momentous day. I wish it was January 20th, 2016, because that means redo 2016. Are we? we Let's can. warn David we need Bowie to move forward. about what's happening. We need to move forward. Everyone has their time. <laughs> uh, I'm Marvin Yue. Joining me is our co-host. Minji Chang. And we are your hosts for this weekly look at pop culture from... Are you just repeating yourself now? I, 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 Words I'm, are hard. I'm off my game today. Words are hard. English I'm in an unfamiliar recording space because we are at the home of our guest, Jimmy O. Yang. Hello. He is an Hi. actor. A comedian and all around funny host. guy, funny Asian dude. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have better seating for you guys. No, you guys it's are fine. squatting on the floor. No, we can do it. While I sit. This no, is, this is natural for me. I good? love sitting on the this floor. This is how we recorded the first like 50 episodes of this podcast. At my house. Before we discovered that Minji had nice. a table. <laughs> yeah, we didn't. No, but it's like, it's, for me, it's comfortable. We had like my IKEA table. That's and we just nice. sit around it. We're sitting like, one of those like, you know, those um, private. Um, Japanese, Japanese tatames, type, yeah, <laughs> like dining rooms. Yeah, yes. It was like a private it's authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> now Marvin's discombobulated because he doesn't have a chair. Yeah, my neighbor's gonna bring some sushi in in a sec. So nice. That's a lie. Nice. Did you guys hear about sushi. the Japanese tapeworm in the salmon? Yeah, Ew. man, I heard about that. Tapeworm's like my worst fear, dude. Ew. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, what? I don't know. Because you know how you remove a tapeworm is like when you're taking a shit, you see the little head of the tapeworm coming out and then you got to get your wife or somebody to like pull it out, dude. Ew. And this life worm coming out of your asshole. Well, you're not supposed to pull it out though because it's like stuck in there. It's like... Oh, it's like coiled body, in there? Yeah, right. But you're supposed to I like just heard those horror stories. surgically removed. Like, yeah, sometimes... This is worse than the pimple popping stuff. Oh, I love pimple popping. No, I should We should get her on the podcast. Dr. Pimple Pop. I really she want is. to. No, that means I don't have to research <laughs> and watch her stuff. No. I love it. Oh, My girlfriend love it. loves it, and she makes me watch it, and it's terrible. Is that something she's okay with you publicly announcing? Oh, Does she, she like share them on Facebook? She listens to this podcast. Okay. She Hi, gave Christine. Me, she gave me tons of crap for not knowing what milk pens are. From last week. Thank you, Christine. See, she has my back. Do you know what milk the pens atrocity. are? The atrocity. Jimmy? Milk pens? Yeah. yeah, milk pens. No. Pens with like right. milk ink. Do you remember? Oh, why? Why? Just because he didn't know and I gave him a lot of grief for it. No, I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> what is milk the, ink? It's like you write on black, pe- right? like anything that's oh. not white paper you know, and it shows up and it's very opaque cool. and milky looking. That's cool. I wasn't in right. the stationery, you know. But you're all in a Muji now. Yeah, so in I like, no, I mean, I like, I had the pencil case with the Bad Bats Maru, but that's about it. I don't it. know if that's like a very, well, I'm not being sexist or anything, but I didn't, I personally didn't see a lot of males with Sanrio. No, they're, they're the dude characters, right? Kuropi was like an acceptable dude character. Still... I like Gudetama. He's Sanrio, right? Who's yeah. Who, that's the Egg. egg. That's newer, oh. though. The Egg is great. Yeah, that's newer. But see, how old were you when that was introduced into Oh, life? I mean, a couple years ago. That was yeah, brand yeah. new. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm talking about like a 13-year-old. No. Actually, oh. I was like 10. I mean, a lot of a lot of stuff that we grew up with was very gendered, you know? Yeah. This is guy stuff. This is girl stuff. Mm-hmm. You got pound puppies for dudes. And like My Little Pony for girls. I played right? with pound puppies. I had a pound puppy sleeping bag, bro. <laughs> now, now so, so, some people say that's like marketing. You know, you, you have the pink stuff for the girls and then the monster trucks for the guys. But if you just take a fresh kid, like two, three years old, you put, you know, a talk truck in front of him and then you put uh, My Little Pony in front of him, wh- what's he going to go for? He's, I think, going to naturally actually gravitate to his Tonka truck, right? I think it's actually marketing. This is the whole nature versus nurture thing. Right, right. I think it I depends study on if it. their parents let them watch TV or not. Right? Well, 
that would influence it. I love how we're like going into gender politics now, but like that is not always the case. I did, I did a whole, I did psychology of gender and sexuality when I was studying abroad in Paris, and we did this whole Toys R Us study on the pink mm-hmm. versus every other color. Oh, you did? Oh, wow. Because they did that. It's like strictly genderized. Like this is. Was well, the whole like princess thing too? Yeah. You got like princess aisles in. Toy the stores. thing is that like this is weird because I played with Barbies and He-Man both like when I grew up mm-hmm. and it was totally cool. Like I was fine to be a tomboy, mm-hmm. but like God forbid my older brother ever play with Barbies, you know, he would have oh, been, no, yeah. her dad would have beat him. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's what would have happened. So I don't know. I don't know if it's like, okay, you took, nothing's happening in in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. True. So true. I don't know if the kid would like naturally go for. I would. I liked cars too. I, think I mean, they're cool. They move. Yeah, this type of analyzing these things is still pretty new. I feel like it's not something that people really studied. Oh yeah. Oh no. This day, is right? like yeah, a few decades. Everything's yeah. new because now <laughs> we're just first world problems now. Like back in the day, people were too busy to think about this stuff. They're busy like trying to feed their family. Yeah. They're busy trying to just survive and survive not get, the plague. Yeah, survive <laughs> the plague, and before that, they're just trying not get eaten by lions. That's it. Right. And now we're finally safe. We have time to think and like chill. Time to think about what we really want to be. It's a very yeah. good perspective artists. to put everything into like... We want to be artists Time now. perspective, yeah. You have to go from hunters. Like, it's 2017, you guys. Really? <laughs> really? We've talked about this for two whole years. Why are we still talking about this? That's, that's I do that a lot. Yeah, and the concept <laughs> so of I'm what... I'm calling myself out. <laughs> <laughs> the concept of what? Happiness? That's brand new. That's yeah. not really a thing. Now we have all kinds of articles and stuff about it. And we get all kinds of crap for wanting happiness now. But the def- we're getting really deep and we've gotten like 18 discussions. That's all right. Let's, well, let's get into our first segment, which is our roundtable uh, where we talk about what's on our minds in the world of pop culture. And I guess I'll start because what's on my mind, like totally taking 180 from this deep philosophical talk we've been having. About gender and happiness. Is um, Do you guys know who Salt Bay is? I didn't know that was Hashtag the name. Salt Bay? Now, now I know that's, that's the guy's name. He sprinkles salt on meat, right? Like, yeah, he's, he's the new internet the meme. One, it's the one video, right? There's a couple. Well, there's a couple. Oh. So, there's a Turkish butcher named Nazret um, Gok. There's like an umlaut here or like some. Like, okay, it's a Turkish stuff. butcher. Yeah. <laughs> um, he apparently owns a bunch, like a series of like high end steakhouses in Turkey. Um, it's moving oh. into other countries too. And he has this Instagram where he just does crazy meat stuff dressed in a deep V neck wearing sunglasses and a ponytail. He's not in this one. <laughs> He's wearing a regular t-shirt. There's no cleavage. Anyways, go ahead. Are you I'm what? watching Salt Bay. Are you watching the the copycat memes or the actual Salt Bay? Oh, that guy doesn't have facial hair. That's not him. <laughs> okay, I got him. Copycat Salt Bay. He's copycat I didn't know that. Does Salt Bay like... actually have his own Instagram? He does. Oh. Yeah. What is it? Salt Bay? No, no, no it's uh he has 1.9 million Holy followers. Holy shit. What, what's his uh, thing? N-U-S-R. I'm like totally blasting this guy. It's like, everyone go follow him. N-U-S-R underscore E-T. So for those of you who haven't been, this is like the first big meme of 2017. And basically, it's a video. The, the thing that went viral was this video of this guy um, cutting up a steak and sprinkling salt very flamboyantly essentially uh yeah flamboyant yeah i'd say more sensual it's with, <laughs> it's with flair with flair right with so intensity if you check out his other stuff there's like videos of him massaging cows with style there's videos of him like massaging removing ribs and, oh to like, like tenderize the and, meat yeah and cooking like doing all sorts of stuff to meat um people are obs- obsessed with this guy like there's google searches about if he's married or not because there's a picture of him with nine kids what are, like, are those his kids? Are those his nephews and nieces? We oh my god, he's ripped. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> say he's a he's a handsome guy. Wait, what? Let me see. He's like he's like Fabio. He's what? like modern day Fabio. He looks a little bit on the shorter side. This yeah, is like he's pretty short. But no, here's <laughs> so um there's videos of him boxing. You know, it's, it's it's good to just hear that he's actually a legit chef. He's not just some internet guy. Yeah, yeah. he's actually a great chef oh it's he's a he's a meat connoisseur which is why he knows the exact <laughs> amount of salt or to sprinkle i don't upon. even think he's just sprinkling salt most of that salt is landing uh not on the meat 
<laughs> that's his technique though you know enough like what's gonna land and what's gonna just be like decoration <laughs> but so the salt bay meme like that that gif has become memeified as basically shorthand for when you're doing something extra <laughs> right Adding which is the something. new thing oh interesting it's like the extra. old uh, it's like the old emerald legacy it's like bam like that right <laughs> yeah. like just kind of adding the cherry on top so what i want to ask our table here is what are some things that you do some normal everyday things you do that you just can't help but add a little extra oh add a little extra like for plan. me it's like when i crack eggs i have to do the one-handed crack oh show off that's so just extra cause, <laughs> just because i know you're how. just asking for a mess do you how how often do you not succeed in oh success rate is very high okay. i used to have to so i talked about working in a cafeteria before i still have to come in early and crack like 300 eggs every day Mm. and cracking one at a time just takes too long so you crack two at a time because you have two hands do you do it with flair though or do you just kind of do you do it like like with the arms bent like a raptor arm like like yeah. like the homie yeah he's <laughs> like 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 he cracks the eggs and they recall his arm and the egg slowly you runs down on, his elbow you crack it on the and table you gotta, like, toss and then, it. oh yeah and yeah then you, like, do and it little, lands like, in the gar- garbage can <laughs> yeah you know, when you work in a cafeteria or any like food service, you got to do something to kind of make things go. Like when I used to work the grill, I used to have a little like flip when I flipped the burgers. Mm, you know, I like that. You got to have some flair. You know yeah. what I mean? You're a professional. Was your flair? I don't know if I. I'm like extra in everything. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> is that there's nothing very extra? What's something that people have called you out on? Ranting. <laughs> extra rant <laughs> put some salt on top of the rant yeah, that exactly. doesn't count uh, call me out for yeah i'm like a health nut so they're just like why is your oatmeal so complicated but when you make your oatmeal do you like oh it's a routine now like i could flare? do it with do my you, eyes closed do you do like a little like, oh see that's flair he, she makes her oatmeal with her eyes closed oh. i've not literally done yeah. that but i'm saying i could maybe that's the next <laughs> trying to help step. you out yeah here. it's the next thing has got to level up uh what else? Oh, sometimes when I have like clicky pens, I don't actually click with my thumb. I click with like your chest. My head, oh, your chest. Oh, that's tight. Table. That's like beast mode pen clicking. Respect. Yeah. Oh, what about what about opening a beer using the old college uh, trick of uh, using a lighter to open your beer? I actually don't know how to do that. What? See, see, you guys don't <laughs> got that flair, man. You yeah, got to pop it open. Like that's when you know you went to like a What's cool the, college. My college, my college game is it. pretty. It's just like using. What a man! I'm like the geekiest one here, so (laughs) the manliest way is use your belly button. (laughs) I've actually had friends, and I've seen a friend use her teeth. Oh, that's gross! That's not good for you. We call her the pirate. Oh, that's gotta like. I'm just picturing broken ass teeth Mm, now. That's not good for you. Oh, (laughs) yeah. The lighter trick is cool. Enamel. Yeah, Yeah. I've seen that. That's pretty. That's pretty hot. Also, I try to put a little flair. It's it's just natural that when you put on or take off a jacket oh. you just feel like super cool and you kind of you know <laughs> kind of shrug your shoulder a little and then put it on and then yeah. you, you do the whole, whole like flare out you <laughs> do know? you i don't have like that i don't have any jackets that do the like the, the flare, flare though yeah any jacket you gotta can like do that. have like a is it like the whoosh back just, or are you yeah, to, yeah oh, okay. but any jacket can do that though. okay even mm. the sweater can do that if you think about it you know just take it off <laughs> i mean our podcast listener ain't gonna see this yeah no but it's, it's in front of me and then i can just like do this oh you see yeah, that's <laughs> you have a very specific way of sitting though jimmy because you always just sit back like you're, you're i'm lounging on, va- on vacation <laughs> yeah everywhere you're yeah like, what's up speaking of, it's very like Chugging fat and like yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i sit dick you're, up you're the emperor <laughs> emperor jimmy America. yeah what's up He's currently not in his chair anymore. And it's 2017. Be like Salt Bay. Do everything with flair. Do I like that? Mm-hmm. I like be, that. Be, be extra. Has, hashtag Salt Bay. Don't let anyone extra. tell you. Yeah. Not to be extra. Hell no. <laughs> I learned what extra means too. Yeah, you're using it in in excess. You're being very extra with extra. What's your, what is your topic of the week, Jimmy? Oh, I have to come up with a topic. Um, if you have one, yeah. Is it does it have to be internet related? Or it could no, it could be anything. Be anything. Well, have you guys seen Patriots Day? Yeah. You guys seen Patriots? Have seen Patriots Day? Well, we'll talk more about that with Jimmy later. But oh, okay. Yeah. I just want to give yeah. Patriots Day a quick plug if you guys haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> We're gonna give a big what plug. can we talk about? Okay, this guy named New York Nico. He's a friend of mine now. He's also an internet guy. He's um. Instagram guy. He calls himself the unofficial talent scout of New York. So he goes around New York and takes videos of 
crazy people, homeless people, just interesting people, right? Mm-hmm. And there's this guy who's my favorite guy. He's this Asian guy who's kind of, you know, um, I don't like overly self confident and and just almost a little off. But his thing is like his name is too much swag, and he thinks he's a rapper, and he walks with this swag walk, and it's completely <laughs> ridiculous. So now there's a TMS too much swag challenge. That, I uh, saw your Instagram. Yes. That's what you're doing. Yeah. So, when you're so, too much so I want to shout out to New York Nico and uh, TMS. You know, uh, we're talking about the internet memes here. Too much swag, huh? Yeah, I'm trying to. I um, feel like that's Salt Bay gone too far. Oh, it is. Right. It, it, it's kind of funny, but the thing about this guy here, so he just does it. <laughs> look, look, he just like swag walking. That's how he walks, and and then they stop him. They stop him. Seen you since summer. Yeah, I'm here. I thought you were dead. No, I'm not. You're not dead. Money. You're I back and better than ever. I get money. How you been? Get money. Did you get the money yet? I will. Okay, good. Soon I gotta make it. I believe it, man. So he's just always talking about like getting money, getting bitches and stuff. And uh, oh my dear God, it's really funny at first. You think, oh my God, this guy's just a fool. But then the more you watch it, you're like, holy shit, this is contagious. Like, you know, like like he believes in himself so much, it makes you believe in him. <laughs> And there's something contagious about that. <laughs> they say that that's the key to success in anything. You have to have like some, especially in acting and being in Hollywood, you have to have like a crazy amount of belief in yourself. Yeah, like absolutely. I'm meant to do this. Like almost unrealistic. Yeah, like, you got to believe you can fly. Yeah, you there's know? something to be yeah. said about just like you being are a pterodactyl, completely yeah. committed to what you do. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like this and guy is so committed. Like you just, it, it's you love him at the end of the day. At first you're like, oh, this guy's just an idiot. I'm watching him because I think it's funny. I'm making fun of him. But then you're like, it's contagious. I love this guy's energy. It. You embodied his, you you <laughs> took I, his swag. I did a TMS challenge myself, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was, I was like, what is Jimmy doing? It was like funny. I was like, is this a thing? I, just, I never know if it's like, something's a thing or yeah. not. But often my friends are like one of the initiators of many things. So I was like, all right, now everyone's going to do the running man. The yeah. running man I saw one of my friends do way early on. I was like, what are they doing? That song's a classic. Don't ruin it. Uh-huh. And then literally everyone's talking about the running man. I was like, oh, that's what it was. I'm down with that. Know. It was yeah, fun. Yeah, no, it was it's fun. For good fun. It's yeah. for good fun. I love the running man challenge now. I still can't do it. I can't do it. Yeah, it was running man challenge and then it was mannequin challenge. Mannequin, mannequin was cool. And it was actually really cool. And that was too no. much swag. Challenge. I don't do any we of should, that. We should have... Well, you did too much swag. I did too yeah. much swag challenge. That's... I, I like to do the unpopular ones. Like, not popular yet, or I guess. Because New York Nico got like, what? 30, 40,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So, it's like a very culty following that he has. Um, so, I like that kind of stuff. And then, uh, so there's some push-up challenge my buddy, like, nominated me to do. And I think the chain just stopped at me. I, I'm like, don't fucking... <laughs> Don't I don't I haven't seen you in a few years. I like the guy. I'm like, don't nominate me to do 22 push-ups. I'm just <laughs> oh, is that for the suicide thing? Is it? Oh, jeez, it's, it's actually a, for a good cause. It's to bring awareness for the <laughs> how about 22 just, veterans or something that commits uh, suicide. How about I just donate some money to the veterans <laughs> instead of doing push-ups? That work. Usually, it's a choice, right? You either donate or you do the push-ups. Oh, interesting. Like, okay, isn't that how the ALS challenge went? Like I don't you either know. donate money or you dump water on yourself. Oh, I'm so. I jumped into a pool. Yeah. So glad nobody nobody nominated me for that shit. <laughs> I kind of feel stupid about how I handled the ALS challenge because I didn't do my research. I kind of just knew the superficial information about this ice water thingy. And then we oh. were in such a severe drought. I was like, why are people doing this? And mm. then I was like, ALS. I was like, you guys, there's so many. I don't know. I don't know how I came to these conclusions, but I was just like, there's a, besides this, there's also like a lot of different causes out there so i'm jumping to this freaking pool a heated pool and no it was cold <laughs> as hell and it was the summer but it was still really really cold and then i was like bring awareness to all issues but i mean the whole viral thing is about the als challenge so i feel like i did it wrong mm. but whatever i did I jumped into a pool because i was like i don't want to get a bucket of water that's a waste of water. It's 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 fun. I, I like it because it's using people's ego, like because they want to be self serving and like be like, I want to get a ton of followers because everybody's doing it. It's a good hashtag. I'm gonna do it and I'm gonna do it better and cooler than everybody else. So it's using that part of them to raise awareness. Yeah. I mean, it, it actually raised quite a bit of money, but it also raised yeah, it raised a lot of awareness. Like mm-hmm. People who didn't know what ALS was, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then kind of that process absolutely yeah. brought into my life. Yeah. Did you know before? ALS, yeah. Okay. I knew the name, but I didn't know what it was. Glue Gergs, yeah. Yeah. It's um 
stuff yeah. from movies. And real life. And real life. That's what I'm saying. Is that, that's where it came into my life was from movies. A lot of things <laughs> come into my life from movies. Um, there's another thing going around the internet, like a challenge thing, which is like list your high school playlist. Have you seen those? Yes. Oh, yeah. okay. I like that. I want to know your high school playlist. Mine's <laughs> mostly like hip hop. Hardcore. Like, no, not that hard. Like two down three, two down four hip hop. Mm. Mm. So Lil John, he was big back then. Some of the Dirty South stuff. And then Three Six Mafia was big. Oh my God. Just like kind of uh, ignorant <laughs> two down four or five hip hop. And then you got like kind of like this. Really the top 40 hip hop back then. Like G Unit was big. Yes. Fabulous was big. F-A-B-O-L-O-U-S. Uh, Akon was just coming up. Uh, so those people, that was like my playlist. Some some bars and stuff. If you go to bars, I went to this bar in K-Town called the R-Bar. Mm-hmm. I don't Have know. Have you been there? Or a Q bar? I forget. <laughs> R Q. It's a letter. <laughs> it's a letter bar. But it's, it's actually like the latter half of the alphabet. It's actually like a really hipster bar. It didn't seem like K Town at all. And um, the DJ was playing like some, you know, pe- like people like my age, like late twenties type of jam. And it was really oldies, cool. man. Throwbacks now. There's now some... it's called oldies. That's <laughs> I, that's what's scary. Old school hip hop guys. No, I went to K barbecue places. It was like a club. It was like mm-hmm. an old. The one night that I went, it was like an old school hip hop club. And I'm yeah. like, I li- I'm gonna eat here forever. It's funny. Like Lil John is old school hip hop now. I know. <laughs> Just like fuck, I'm old. I know. <laughs> You know what song I realized I haven't heard recently is Panda. Where did that go? It just like Panda. vanished. I Panda, mean, Panda, Panda. yeah, it played every four <laughs> seconds. And then now, now it's, it's all gone. about chain smokers. Oh, God. That's still, it won't go away. I'm still kind of not sick of it, which is frightening. <laughs> what was on your playlist? On my playlist? Uh, how much of it was boy bands? How much of it was it hip hop? Uh, you're more R&B, right? Yeah, I was yeah. more R&B. So it was like Frankie J. It was Boys to Men. Oh. It was um like Brian McKnight. Mm-hmm. TLC. One, yeah. You like a dream come true. I try to sing that song in karaoke. Did? And I only knew that part. I realized I had no idea what the <laughs> verse was. <laughs> did someone come to your rescue? And no, I was I crashed and burned. Oh, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was like Mariah Carey in her golden days, uh-huh. <laughs> which is not now. Nice. Um yeah, stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. old school K pop. In high school, oh, it was H-A-T. Nice. You know, hmm? you know, S-E-S. Yeah. I think mine was mostly just emo and pop punk. I was like SoCal all the way. I was I was a closet Britney fan. Who was I, I didn't, yeah, I know everyone knows. Yeah. You go anywhere, all y'all know the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Everyone. Mm. Sometimes I, re- especially that song, oh. I swear. <laughs> um, but I never owned her album. I had her album. But it's because you know my dad but did those. Because... My dad did those Columbia House like you know, oh, yeah, buy yeah, one yeah, get twelve yeah. free. It's like okay, just marked a bunch of stuff. Yeah, the what's good. on your mind, Minji? <sighs> Laptops. Oh, <laughs> oh, that's your topic. Minji got, I don't want to bring it down. Minji got. I jacked. just wanted this is going to no, be. Let's a, talk about this. This yeah. is going to serve as a PSA. So apparently, this is all hearsay. I'm going to do some research and find out what it is. But apparently, there are devices out there that can open your car. At will, like get access to your trunk or op- I don't know. Like there are ways that people get in your car now without right. like breaking anything. Because it's all digital now. Yeah. On your key fob. So apparently there's that. And then there's also apparently a device that can detect whether there's electronics in your car. So that people will, like a wand or something. It's all hearsay. I'm going to find out. But in any case, I found these things out because my laptop was stolen out of my <clears> car. <throat> and that sucks. And it's so this is the PSA. Watch your stuff. Back it up. <laughs> Which neighborhood was it stolen in? I don't know. The thing is that I took it out. I left my office with it. And I went to like four other places before oh. I went home. I don't know where when it happened. I found out the next morning. And it was like in your trunk, in your backpack. It was under the seat of the back seat of my So my you think friend. it's possible that people saw it or no? I, it was not visible. It's a black backpack in a black car with a black window. Wow. That's so, always the worst because you've had that laptop forever. I've had it since right? that's, that's like your old one. That's not your work laptop. That's like your like actual my life. Like, yeah, usually it's not yeah. the it's not the money of the laptop. It's the info that's on in your life. Yeah. Your yeah. Shit. Yeah, yeah. So did you lose a bunch of stuff? Yes, I did. Oh, you, you didn't Be- back it up because right? my cloud was full. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to pay extra. I, I was just lazy and I was like, I have an external hard drive. I should just back that up. Whatever's mm-hmm. like extra. That's on the, the thing, thing with and like, I didn't for like two years. So what did you yeah. lose? Like pictures, pictures. I made slideshows for my three of my best friends for their weddings 
One mm. of them is on YouTube, thank God. The other two, they're just gone. Mm. And then like videos of my family, my songs that I like, I carried over and like downloaded uh, my real footage. So this is like for work too. Uh-huh. I have to either re-ask every person that I ever worked with, to Jesus, say, or really? find it on YouTube, which I think only half of it's on like YouTube or Vimeo. <sighs> like others was like straight footage that they emailed me direct. You know, I would have cried. That's yeah, always the worst. my like, headshots, like you know, all my hundreds and hundreds oh, of photos. Geez. Like I have a handful that I saved on Google Drive. That's it. All of them are, are gone. And it's not even on your phone because your no. iCloud was full, so it never yeah. ran. Oh yeah. Jesus, you so gotta pay that five dollars a year. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, five a month. Yeah, five a month. It's yeah. like why insurance matters, right? Because yeah. you, you never know when you need it, but it's there for a reason. And it always. I remember when my when my laptop, my old laptop, died two years ago. Like oh, my, my hard drive that, died. That I was, was like, oh dark crap. Day. And I was like, I couldn't do any work, but at least I can like recover the files. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like this is even worse because it's just gone. Gone. Well, yeah. When it's especially like priceless memories or like things that you can't replace. Yeah. I think it's worth it to pay the five dollars. I would never pay for like Apple warranty because <laughs> if my computer fucking breaks, I just go buy a new one. Yeah. 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 And what are the chances it's going to like just break down on me? But like for those, I'm totally down to pay the five dollars a month. I should have. I'm like full of regret. So it's like a lot of emotions because you're just like mm. angry and you're sad. It's mainly sadness. I'm just mainly sad uh-huh. that I like lost it. Then I'm pissed that it's- somebody violated my like. What you know? Because this is already like okay. Let's talk about like we're in a tense climate right now, and mm-hmm. people are not exactly like fans of all of one another right now. And so to add to that, of the sense of doom and dread, I'm like, <laughs> now I really don't trust anybody. I hate every. I don't know who's in my Can't apartment. Trust was your it fellow you? Man. Was it you? Mm-hmm. Like, did you go? In my it was car? Marvin. No, it was Marvin. He betrayed me. I don't want me. that junk piece of junk. <laughs> <laughs> it's a piece of crap. That's why I'm surprised. It's ah. like old, and I've like how much can he sell I've been, it? For? I've been, I've been telling Minji to replace it for the last like literally four years. Yeah, it's like, dude, come back. I'll give you 500 bucks. That's like, what just I'm go back saying, to- give it back. I'll buy it back because it's not worth that much, but it's priceless for me. Have you seen a? There's, uh. a, there's a Simpsons episode. Uh, Krusty the Clown yeah. is uh, gambling with uh, Fat Tony. Yeah. And then he's trying to give uh, his daughter, his long lost daughter's violin as like part of bet. And then Tony's guy was checking. He's like, so how much is it worth? He's like, well, violin itself, it's not worth anything. But the sentimental values over the roof. <laughs> and then Tony was like, okay, I'll take it. <laughs> it's it, like making no sense. It's like this guy. It's yeah. really, it's a lose-lose situation. It's if so you're dumb. utilitarian, it's a lose-lose situation for everyone. It it's is. so dumb. So it's and it's like beat up. It's it scratches on it and stuff. Ugh. And they literally went in my backpack, took the laptop and the cord, and left everything else. Did you? Um, they didn't take my backpack. Did you do the lose your iPhone app or whatever? So I did. I checked and I locked it, and but it hasn't been active or whatever. But I I sent them. I was like, give me back my computer. And just say like, give it back. No question. I mean, it's never gonna work. But if you say give it back five hundred bucks, I'll give you five hundred bucks. Yeah, it's just it's but. crappy. But and then I got mad at myself because I was like, why'd you leave your backpack in your car? But again, I don't know when it got stolen. So then whatever. It's just like this whole stupid thing. So if anybody's had stuff stolen, that's important to you. I feel you. Just like this is just a PSA reminder. Of one of you stuff. motherfuckers <laughs> stole Minji's goddamn laptop. <laughs> Bring it back to the office. I'll come break your neck. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so like, the funny thing is I went on Facebook and did a rant about it. And yeah. it was, again, just to like let it out. Slid so, off steam, yeah. So many good friends. Like I was like, I'm over this because I have so many good friends who are going to like break kneecaps, bust kneecaps for me. Like, well, Minji was writing down like possible like cosmic punishments for this person. Oh, no, I totally. Do you do this? Like um, the karma I, stuff? Yeah. No, I, I, I think it's justice. It's not about being like awful. I was like, this is justice. I wish I... I sentence, I'm doing this whole thing. I sentence you to like five months of no Wi-Fi or like you can't get searched no matter where the fuck you go. Every time you try to search something, you think you have it and it's gone. Or like you have, you always forget your towel. Like you go to the shower, you take a shower and you realize you don't have a towel. Every towel, every shower for the next year. Like I do stupid uh, stuff like that to like curse them, curse them mm-hmm. because I think that they should get punished for doing something awful to somebody else. But I don't like do anything violent. And I think it makes me more creative actually. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Use that energy like for good. Severe inconvenience and annoyance. Yeah. Like plug in a charger and, and no charge coming out of that plug and any other plug in your plug. <laughs> It's all a lot, like, I'm very millennial. A lot of it has to do with Wi-Fi and <laughs> service. Oh, yeah. And charging batteries. No data. No data. No bars. I, the meanest I get is, like, it's, like, sexual. I'm like, you have to have blue balls for, like, five years. Oh, Jesus. 
<laughs> and Marvin said, I'm the worst ever. He's like, that's the worst. That is the that's worst. Yeah. Don't steal laptops. That <laughs> curse has been put out there. So, you know. I don't even know if this is a guy. I'm being and, so um, sexist. <laughs> is there, it's a is, dangerous minority. There, are there girl blue balls? Yeah. No, because guys are always down to fuck. Like, there's no <laughs> such thing. <laughs> we'll come up with some version. I'll write and it on in my Google Doc. that note, uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more with Jimmy O. Yang. Yeah, man. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Thanks again for listening to this episode 103 of the Collabcast. This podcast, of course, is brought to you by Collaboration, a nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment. Discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community. As always, you can find out more about Collaboration by going to our website at www.collaboration.org. In addition to learning more about our programs, you can also find other content offerings such as videos, blog articles, and past episodes of the Collabcast. Collaboration, of course, is a 501c3 nonprofit, and we're able to do all that we do because of our great volunteers across the nation. Collaboration is currently recruiting for new volunteer staff members. If there is a collaboration team in your city, now's your chance to join the team, be a part of the movement, and support your local Asian American art scene. You can find the application at the Get Involved section of the Collaboration website. That website, again, is www.collaboration.org. This podcast is also a part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collective of awesome podcasts hosted by Asian Americans. You can learn more about all the Potluck programming by going to the website, www.podcastpotluck.com. Every week, I like to highlight a different podcast in our collective. And this week being what it is, I wanted to give a shout out to Good Muslim, Bad Muslim. It's a podcast hosted by Taz and Zara, two Muslim Americans giving their hot takes about the world around them from their unique perspectives. It's an awesome monthly podcast about being Muslim in America. Sometimes funny, sometimes emotional, but always interesting. This is a show that will help you build your empathy in a time and place that desperately needs it. Check out Good Muslim, Bad Muslim, as well as the other great programs of the Potluck Podcast Collective by going to the website www.podcastpotluck.com. Finally, one last reminder that this weekend is the Sundance Film Festival and Minji and myself will be there to help produce the Daily Buzz, which is the daily recap show for KCPW, the local public radio affiliate. Minji herself will be hosting a few segments, especially with the Asian and Asian American filmmakers that will be at Sundance. So make sure to check out the show at kcpw.org. And that'll do it for the break. Thanks again for listening and let's get you back to the show. And welcome back to the Collabcast, episode 103, with our guest Jimmy O. Yang. Yeah, man. <laughs> and yeah, you mentioned this earlier on the episode. I haven't seen it yet, but you were just in a movie. Yeah, Patriot's Day, people. Yo. <laughs> Go see it. I did. You saw it, right? You saw I it in the did. theaters? You pay full price for it? Mm-hmm. I say oh, for the cousin. next... That's great. Thank you. I say for the next three weeks, even if you don't want to watch Patriot's Day, you want to go watch Hidden Figures or Triple X or something, buy a ticket for Patriot's Day and then go sneak into Triple X. We could do that. That's actually a strategy I've heard from some actors. They're like, I choose where my money goes. Yeah, do it. I'll watch whatever I want, but really? I'll like, yeah. Huh. I don't know if that's something good we're like putting out that yeah. into the world. <laughs> but I've so heard that's a thing. you're saying the box office is rigged. Could be. Yes, but Patriot's Day. Everybody go watch it. I think it's a very important movie, especially in the divided times that we are right now. You know? No, okay, yeah, I have lots of thoughts and feelings about it. So, Patriot's yeah. Day is the Boston Marathon movie. Yeah, right. Directed yeah. by Peter Berg, starring Mark Wahlberg, J.K. Simmons, John Goodman. Yours truly here, and uh, it's great. Kevin it's a Bacon. great uh, Kevin Bacon. Uh, you know Michelle Monaghan, who's a saint. They're all great people, and uh, yeah. It looked like you had a lot of fun. Like I saw your pictures, like with the dudes, with the guys. <laughs> I, I took my parents to uh, the premiere. They had, they had so cute, so <laughs> nice. cute. They really Just wanted selfies and stuff. They really wanted selfies with Kevin Bacon, and Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> they really wanted it. It's a guy from Footloose. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was because Kevin is like an international star forever. You know. So, yeah. Like we all grew up watching him. So at the after party, we're sitting right across from Kevin, and uh, my my dad was like, "Hey, can can I can I take a picture?" 
I'm like, yeah, yeah. And I went up and I'm like, hey, Kevin, man, how's it going? These are my parents. Uh, can we all take a selfie? And then he's super nice. He went up to my dad. He's like, huh? So wh- wh- what did you think about your son in the movie, huh? <laughs> Hoping my dad would give me a compliment or something. And then my dad was so nervous. He was just like shuffling around with his phone. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the movie. He's in the movie. Come on. Let's take, <laughs> let's take a picture. Super He's funny. there. He exists. He's there for a reason. He's there. You know, my Thanks. dad plays my dad in the movie. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. He's my dad. Oh my god! And that Skype phone yeah, call. Yeah, that was, that's him. That was your. What, what the? What about your mom? No, that's a fake mother. Oh. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mom couldn't cut it. That's a Hollywood mother. She, she wouldn't. She didn't want to. She was didn't that pass the Yeah, she's kind of shy. She doesn't want oh, to okay. camera like that. This uh, reminds me of like Aziz Ansari using his real parents in this yeah, show. That's yeah. so dope. My dad's actually a really good actor. I think. Um, I'm trying. I'm seriously pushing my dad to be an actor. I'm like, should. make it like he's trying to figure out the next steps in his life, retirement, all this stuff. It's like, dude. Come to Hollywood. I'm going to manage you. We'll get you some headshots. Because <laughs> I'm also trying to convince him to move to LA. And I was like, yeah. it's warmer down there. Like, all the things. You know, our friend Andrew Ant is saying that there is a shortage there of is. middle-aged, older, Korean, Asian, older, yeah, Asian older actors. Older age Asian yeah. actors. Like, I talked to a casting like, director and like they're like... It's like and like... That's yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Because they're saying like, we have tons of more young people coming in. That's great. You know, variety in, in the under, what, 40 age range, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But like, yeah, no one over 45. Mm-hmm. They have like five people. Oh, today I actually went to a, a audition. It's like a scientist for, you know, the superhero movie. And uh, it's supposed to be an Asian person around 40. Uh-huh. But then when I went in there, it's all like younger people because they can't. How many forty-year-old you know Asian yeah. guys are there? Do the casting call like so six like people everyone. show up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And we age well, so they don't even look over forty. Exactly, that's true. You got you got to have like a fifty or sixty-year-old. Jimmy, you look. Yeah. You're probably like what, like seventy-four now. But yeah, you, you, my you age range like is uh, my age range is ten to six, sixty-five. <laughs> <laughs> gotta love it what did you think about patriots day minji i really liked it oh thank you and okay honestly okay first of all i was gonna watch it because you're in it and because like real talk i watched that whole actual event unfold because of reddit that's when like i dove into reddit because it just had i don't know mm-hmm. where they had these cameras but it was just like watching a real like horror action movie on in real time but it was just like I was, and i went i was in boston exactly one year after it happened and mm. it was there like um right the day before the boston marathon so like everyone was in town getting ready for this so i just i was like wow this is crazy um so i was like really ex- eager to watch it but then i watched the trailer and i had mixed feelings and i was like i don't know how this movie's gonna go mm-hmm. i didn't walk in going like First of all, I've seen trailers for other movies that make no sense. Mm-hmm. So, like, this one was very clear. Right. But I just didn't know. I didn't know if I was going to like it, if it was going to be um, kind of stoking certain fires that were very easy to stoke. You know what I'm saying? Like, sure. they're going for, like, the easy. What message are they trying to say with this Patriot's Day? The title itself is, like, we're just in an interesting time mm-hmm. to talk about what does it mean to be a patriot, right? right. So, but I really liked it. I really liked it. That's great. Um, and I, I cried and it was very, made me think a lot about, you know, everything from just not only identity as as an American, but just people. Like it's yeah. a very human story. Yeah. How like the law enforcement, the guy I played, really? Yeah. Danny Dude. Man. Dude. <laughs> that guy is a fucking real life hero. He's he would never admit it. Badass. Very shy guy, but he's the guy that. Did you get to meet him? Oh yeah, yeah. He's all pictures him with him, and I was like, ah. <laughs> yeah, and I bugged him every day when we we're in Boston to hang out and stuff. He was super willing to share about everything, as traumatic as what he went through was. But if it wasn't for him, you know, the bombers would have right. See, we would have had a hard time catching him. They would have went to Manhattan and tried to throw more bombs. This guy is a. He's just incredible, man. Like the way he ran out of the cars and all the stuff he was saying in the car. Yeah. Right. So you were playing. You played the carjack victim. Yes. Exactly. The the two brothers that. The funny thing is, I remember so many parts of that whole incident really clearly, and I forgot about certain things. I remember there was a car that they, but I didn't remember there was a person in it. Yeah. I forgot that, and I was like, Oh my god. Oh, he's such an unsung hero, and I (laughs) think Pete and like everyone, it's like we got to, you know. Oh, we singing it right now. Okay. Yeah. What's his name? Dan Danny Mang. Danny. Yeah. My boy. Yeah. Can my I boy. shake your hand? Like, Jimmy, we're going to Boston one day and I'll be like, 
Jimmy, let's let's all go get coffee. I want to buy Danny a drink. We're oh, I was Boston bowling with Danny last week. I should have invited you. That's so nice. cool. Um, I mean, like seriously, he's an American hero. He and is an Amer- and and guess what? I think this is what's great about this movie. Like you said, it's America is a country of immigrants and of yes. different people. You got the so this movie really would give it up to the law enforcement, to the police chief, to the FBI guys, and you got this Chinese immigrant guy who's not an American citizen. But he's part of America and he's part of this Boston community. And because of him working with the law enforcement, his heroic act and everybody else's heroic act, we're able to bring this evil down. And I think it's a very timely and important message for us to go watch this movie, man. And honestly, even like just because there's there's tension and fear about anti-Muslim sentiment, things like that. It's again a very human view of this whole situation, right? Mm-hmm. Like we can break it down into facts of like who was what and what did each person do, but you kind of that's what the best part of like film and storytelling in my perspective is you get to see a person for a person. Mm-hmm. You get to kind of try to understand motives, their conflict, what were they struggling with? Right. Um and it humanizes everybody across the board and it was very it, it, it was very heart-wrenching. Like I I it, it hurt to watch yeah i think pete did a great job it's such a fine line to not make these terrorist brothers into just like generic movie villains monsters yeah they have their own motivations they are human but at the same time at no part of the movie do you really sympathize with them because some movies you rule for the bad guy yeah so i think we were he was able to walk that fine line of like okay these guys are evil cowards but at the same time they're humans yeah i know so yeah um we didn't make it cartoonish, and we just made it very real, very authentic. And at the same time, he's also able to balance that with, it's not a documentary, right? And, mm-hmm. and there's explosions, car gunfights. It's still an entertaining movie. But more importantly, it's paying great homage to the victims and everybody involved in it. Yeah, and they brought a lot of the real community into it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, I, like so did, I'm just curious like how... I talk about this for hours because I'm like, how did they do the casting? How did they choose? You know, so did they? So they filmed a movie at like last year's marathon. Is that how it happened? Because yeah, we no, yeah. they filmed some some of that, and then we rebuilt the finish line at the marathon with like three four hundred people. Um, oh damn, three four hundred extras and uh, uh, old. Navy base um, because you can't just set off bombs again at the marathon. Oh, like, you know, I mean, they no, can't do that. That's what I'm saying. I was like, and then all the shootout, some of the shootout was shot in Watertown, uh, some of it, and then some of it was shot in Malden, another neighborhood. Um, you know, the general reaction, I think, what I got, I, I obviously wasn't on the production uh, side of the location scouting and all that, but from what Pete and everybody said, um, the Boston community is so proud about this event, as they should. Um, Everybody want to be involved, you know, and um, when you we, I think they went into Watertown, asked everyone in the neighborhood houses, can we shoot here? Can we shoot here? Everybody said yes, except one family. And then we respected that. So we didn't really shoot the whole shootout scene there. Uh, but generally, 99 percent of the people like was proud and want to be part of this movie. I mean, you know, like. <laughs> so this was your first. Is this your first dramatic role, or have you? I mean, yeah. yeah, it's my feature. Yeah, I would say definitely it's my first dramatic. I did like Criminal Minds, but this okay. is it's pretty big, pretty Criminal Minds. This is uh, this is very meaningful to me. It's my first feature. That's yeah. that I was way. Say, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. FYI, you got a huge cheer from the entire movie theater. Oh, when I say that line in the gas station? Yeah. Oh, that's We're totally great. spoiling it. But still, again, this is like, we know what happens. You know what the outcome is of the story. So it's not a spoiler, but like, yeah. Um, it's it's incredible to like learn how it all happened. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm su- I was super excited for you. First feature role. And, and when? This is like a big yeah, because you, you and Jimmy go way back, right? Way back. I met you 2010. <laughs> 11? Some, something. something like that maybe before that yeah because um, when you're just doing stand-up yeah when, when like, i just started as a stand-up i think that was amazing <laughs> i was like who is yeah. this guy <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying okay so kind of to get to know you better because um obviously you have that the history of performing at collaboration and doing your stand-up um is that still your focus like are you like what's what is who is jimmy oh yeah oh who is jimmy? <laughs> who am i it's like that jackie who, chan movie. who is you 
Um, I still do stand up to a certain degree. It's just I feel like stand up to really respect it and do it right. You got to do it full time. You got to write every day. You got to go on stage every day, every other day, really grind it out, crank out a new material. I don't really have the time for that. Uh, so I'm doing it. I'm kind of in a maintenance phase where like I do it a couple times a week. I go on the road every now and then to like kind of just not get rusty and lose it. But uh, there's other stuff I, I want to focus on right now, you know, with the acting, um, writing a script, I'm writing this book. I think that's the stuff that can, you know, that I'm really interested in doing right now that I can also maybe um, take my career to the next level. But as far as stand-up, it'll always be there, I feel like. Yeah. But it just, like I said, I'm kind of in this maintenance phase that I just don't want to, like I'm not giving it up <laughs> for the moment because you don't want to do that. You don't, you don't want to be so rusty you can't even go on stage. Yeah. But I mean, not to say that like you've made it, but you, you're you're becoming more and more like one of those go to guys when people want like an Asian face, I guess. In my eyes, you've made it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to some, yeah, for oh. sure, I think I made it. You know, to some uh-uh. degree. It, uh, there's no end to it, right? There's. I was uh, I was listening to this Tony Robbins thing, and uh, this thing is very interesting. He said, uh, "There's no excitement in maintenance. There's mm-hmm. excitement in growth." Yeah. Right. So I think all of us, or at least we should, we should set these goals. And maybe years ago, I would never imagine even me being on Silicon Valley as a series regular or any show. So that already was like exceeding so many goals. When I got that, I was happy as hell for like a couple months, you know. But then that fades. It's it gets like, a high and then you're like, right, it's like what's the next it's, thing? And then it gets scary. You're like, oh shit, I achieved my goal, but I'm not any happier than I was. So what now? Mm-hmm. What now is I got to go find something else that I want to do. You know, Patriot's Day was great extremely rewarding of a part to play um but now what you know patriot's day is in theaters now so now what now i got other goals that i want to do i want to write the script i want to make this movie i want to write a book i want to you know do other stuff do so. you find like it so do are you like more goal driven because i too listen to tony robbins i listen to a lot of like motivational speakers yeah. and ted talks and whatever and they say a lot of the fulfillment comes mainly if you, if you kind of like broke it down, a lot of times the happiness comes from the process, not the Absolutely. getting the thing, the, the whatever the goal was. But it's like the writing and the like, oh, I'm like plotting out this grand <laughs> plan, you know? Yeah. And then like that is actually more of the high that gives provides more of a high than like it's a very temporary like yeah. got right. it. And now. Because for a lot of goal-oriented people, like fulfilling the goal just is the start of the next one. Right. Right. There's mm-hmm. like people who... People who ha- like like goals, like having goals. So not having a goal, they drive them insane. You can't right? not. I don't think uh, everybody should be goal driven. You can't not have a goal. What are you doing? Then, then what are you going <laughs> to? It's like, you know, everybody want to make a hundred million dollars, but really, what does that mean? Does that how how are you going to do that? Right? Like, you're going to be a fa- famous actor. You want to be, you know, a selling company. Like these are like goals that. If we don't have goals, like that's why retired people instantly after retire from the job they get Alzheimer's and then they die. <laughs> because what are you what are you gonna do? Like it's empty, man. There's nothing you can do. Well, it was a funny thing because Marvin and I talked about this where I realized a few years ago, um, I'm a very I move and I I do a lot of stuff and I'm very like productive in certain ways or whatever but i realized there's a distinguishing factor between i was like i'm not goal oriented i'm a dreamer so i realized like i have vision of things that i want to achieve and i have ideas and like i dream fairly big you know and vision bigger, bigger is extremely important yeah. but I mean, like you have also, your direction like, but you don't have like, yeah your, i know your what i want but then goals different because that's like a very finite thing saying like i'm going to do this within this amount of time within the, like you set very quantifiable things that that's changed my life when i realized i was like mm. i don't have goals i have i have dreams i have wishes i have like these yeah, yeah, big yeah. things i want to do and that's changed a lot because i was like all right now clock's ticking what you're gonna do exactly how are you, gonna, then, get there? How are you gonna get there and it's just not necessarily yeah putting pressure i think is important to a certain degree to certain people but most importantly it's like have having something that gets you out of bed man you yeah. know i went through like months where I was on it. I was on Silicon Valley. I was happy with my job. Money's coming. I'm not worried about rent, but I'm just sitting at the house watching TV for like eight hours a day, and then going to have a drink with my friend. 
like that it's glamorous a, action it's, it's, life. It, it sounds <laughs> it sounds like a lot of people's dreams like oh man i just wish i don't gotta worry about the bills and that, just go that, drink with my buddies i want to do that but like, like for like a week and then I'm exactly i'll do it because for like a day and after I like a crazy. week after a day like what the fuck like what am i doing <laughs> my life i'm still in my 20s like i can't just i think i remember i had a know? conversation around this time there was some like some moment a few years ago i was kind of depressed yeah you're like i don't know what i'm doing exactly <laughs> like, i was like are you okay dude? i just really i just need to write down new goals at that point you know yeah. and I, I did at some point and now i get out of bed you know i got i got shit that i want to do which is great. I want to know though. So, like, we're what? What did you study in school? Curious. I study economics okay. uh, in yeah, college. Yeah. yeah, you study I economics love, too. I love econ. It's. <laughs> I did okay. Well, I only did one class first of all, and it changed my life because I was like, oh, I look at the world differently now. Supply right. and demand. No. I, I think that's all you need is yeah, one yeah, class in econ. Like, you don't need to fucking major in econ, <laughs> right, Marvin? I don't know. The general concept of econ is like you know you have people who that need want stuff and people that provide stuff, and you find the balance. Find the balance, right? So, what was the original plan with econ? Did you have one? Do you have goals with econ or? Was well, like- at first, I went in college. I was like a mechanical engineering major. I thought it was cool. I, I wanted to build like motorcycles and cars or whatever. Nice. Oh, I want to be computer science. Oh, really? And I took a class. I was like, nope. Exactly. <laughs> See, it's too too damn hard. Too much work. It's not that I can't cut it. It's not that we can't cut it. It's just I'm not gonna put in that much work. Fuck it. I saw my future in those labs, and Mm -hmm. I was like, some people Mm -hmm. want this. I don't want it that bad. Yeah, exactly. You You want it mini. If I'm gonna spend that much effort and time into it, I gotta love it. Exactly. So then I changed it to econ, which is just easier. And still respectable. It's like know? the lo- like the, the lowest you can go. Like the easiest like, major that an, Asian, that an Asian family would still accept. Exactly. Yeah. The right. easiest major that Asian family would still accept. Because under that under that is like you start going to liberal arts. Oh and no! That's, that's when, like, and then you get fucking disowned. No, yeah. I was like, my parents didn't understand what public health was, and because uh, I switched out of bio, and they're mm. like, "Why? What? What happened to biology? Like, what happened? Yeah. Huh? What is that?" Just and say like, it's, it's another it's, thing. Just tell them it's it's you know it's kind of pre med. Yeah. No, it was, I still was anyway. It was that was the thing. So yeah, you if, did econ. If you go under econ, you go into those. Um, Entitled white people majors, you know, <laughs> Which are what? and then you go like social, well, yeah, like art or whatever. Yeah, right? I, I was a media major for a day, media, art, and then my dad was like, Do you want hey, to go to school? Art, need, art theories, we need art uh, historians, philosophies. Yeah, it would have been funny because, um, so the Wanfu guys are my year at UCSD, they were media majors, so we could have been classmates. Oh, you still were classmates. You went to San Diego. <laughs> and then, well, and then after that, after you got the liberal arts majors, you go another level underneath. <laughs> then you got the college basketball player majors. <laughs> yeah. Then you got like AKA communications. Wait, what did Jeremy like Lin that. study Who at cares? Harvard? He was, he, was, he was at Harvard. I think he was I know. econ. Okay. Oh, he was? See? I'm not <laughs> he's sure. like, all right. He's but anyways, my, my point. We can, can fact check this. My point is saying that. I mean, it sounds funny and all, but I think it's it's a misconception. I think everything is legit to a certain degree. Like, yes. Like, you could get a job. Like, right. I ended up minoring in music and theater because I, I liked it. Yeah. I, at first, I, I, I took theater classes because I thought it was easy for electives i'm like oh yeah me and my buddy just go show up to some place you don't actually have to study but then i actually liked it yeah and i ended up being like one class short for both of those minors uh but that was the stuff i gravitated towards like the creative stuff you know funny what comes into your path even though you're trying to just get the easy exactly easy a and then afterwards i got like an internship uh at um smith barney who's like under morgan stanley now like a really prestigious like uh financial advisor investment place I did it, and it's like what Marvin's saying, man. I can't imagine my whole life sitting in this fucking office uh-huh. doing other people's finance for them. I hated it so much, and that that was when I started stand up around that time. Really? So, so it was I like just, an automatic. Okay, so how did the parentals respond to that? Now, now that they, now they got their selfie with also Kevin side note, Bacon. Side yeah. note: Jeremy Lin was an econ major. Okay. Hey, hey, econ bros. Hey, econ bros. Econ bros. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a, oh, the worst oh, rap group ever. Oh, dear God. Asian a- e- econ. We're going to rap about GDP. We're going yeah. to shout out to Supply MC Jin. He's doing his daily 17 bars. Oh, he's great. MC Jin. Jin, do the next one on the econ bros. Okay, I'm going to tag this in on Twitter. <laughs> but anyway, uh, so how did now Now they got their selfie with Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. They're like hang, hanging out with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah. It's cool. 
But what was that like when you started the comedy? Like, that's always the most intriguing oh, yeah. question of any Asian American artist we've ever met. Well, How'd your parents? I think the question it? is like, how long before you told them you were doing stand up comedy? Yeah, that's process? true. Yeah. Uh, I didn't. T- I, I had like a couple of just day jobs. Like, I, I sold cars. You know, I worked at a comedy club, so I get to stay in San Diego for a while. They were just thinking I was going through a phase, you know. And I told them about stand up, and then they're like, "Oh, this is some talk show." Like, they don't even know what stand up is. Yeah, yeah. From China, like Chinese right, yeah. don't have stand up. I mean, they have like the like the vaudeville, like the the duel. Sure, like that's yeah, like the two act, stand, like yeah. skits. Yeah, but they don't have stand up stand up. Okay, and even the at skits, all? like that, like not at not all. Yeah, like, now they do. Now okay. they a uh, very few, but back yeah. then not at all. Okay, um, and uh, even if I told them I want to be a sketch or whatever, they're like, "What the fuck? You know, you can't <laughs> fucking act. Like, hey, come on, man, you're smart. Get a get a job, you know? Because to them, that's not a job." Mm. Um, but I kind of knew going into stand-up, like, they, they weren't going to be down with it. And, um, but it's okay. Like, because I knew, I saw my own path. Like, I knew there's a way to actually make money with stand-up. I never thought I would be, like, an actor or, like, whatever in that sense or that quickly. I just thought, hey, there's a path in stand-up. You do good enough. You go from the open mic to um, the book shows. You get paid 50 bucks a show, whatever. And you get your stage time. And then you can get a college agent. And then you can do colleges. That's like a grand a night. Not much, but if you book enough gigs, you can make a living. Yeah. So I was like, okay, there's a way to make a living as a stand-up. To survive. And then eventually, hopefully I'll get into some like commercial acting or something. And then maybe after that, I'll have my own sitcom or something. How did you see this path? Were you just like researching other people? Like, I'm, well, if you're in the world, you kind of know. Like You listen to... Like, you're yeah, very perceptive yeah. though because what I'm saying is I know so many I think part of it is also understanding that what you actually need to survive but that's what i'm right. saying though i'm saying from like an actor it's just to a lot of people it's a very obscure career right and like an actor is it's different I but think. actor or comedian whatever it's there's no set path like people have an assumption of like i get it th- like not all theater major like there's a lot of people who studied completely different things yeah you need your break and then you get your break be... and then you like make a jillion dollars it's like that's not how it works and then when you get in the industry people navigate that differently too and everybody mm-hmm. makes it in differently now i i think so acting... I feel like you're just like very perceptive well thank you but i think Rece- research <laughs> i i think acting is very passive in a way that you can be the greatest actor out there but somebody needs to give you a job Right, yeah. you need to put yourself out there, and then somebody needs to give you the opportunity. And that the big break, you say, you might not ever get that. Right, no exactly. No matter how talented you are, but in stand up, stand up is, is is more um, a clear path. If you're funny enough, you could send your tape out. There are people that's going to book you on shows. Mm. You might still never get your break and stuck on the college market or stuck doing uh, comedy club weekends for like fifteen hundred a weekend. Mm-hmm. But there's something there. That's actually a very active career. If you're funny, you can do an hour clean material. You can always go do some fucking cruise ships. You know what I mean? There's, yeah. there's always, there's always something out there, and it's, it's like, which I kind of liked it because it's like more of a traditional job in a way. You know, if you work hard enough, you're good enough. You're you gonna found get the something. Structure, yeah. You might not. There's more of a structure in stand up. Yeah, yeah. You might not make it like, uh, uh. Kevin Hart, Chris Rock, or whoever, right? Like, there's still a certain amount of luck and more after that. Then you need a big break for those guys. But to just be like a mediocre comic that's just a road guy that can make money, if you're good enough, you can make money in stand-ups. There's more of a structure to it compared to acting. You're the first per- guest on our, our podcast to ever break it down like that. So now we know the path to, to stand-up comedy. So Marvin, you know... If you ever want to take your podcasting to the next level and put smooth Jazzy Marv out on the road, you can because Jimmy taught you. Smooth Jazzy Marv. Yeah. I'm not allowed to do that anymore. Why? Because you told me not to. Since when does that <laughs> ever <laughs> matter? <laughs> now he uses it. Now he's like, I, I listen to what you say. Use it against you. Lie. Yeah. It's all lies. Well, Thank you so much, Jimmy, for joining us this week. I think that'll do it for this episode of the Clapcast, episode 103. I'm um, bring you back and see what you're going to do in yeah, the next few months. Yeah, don't forget to catch Jimmy on the audition today. Patriots Day in theaters now. In theaters now, Patriots Day. Please go see it. <laughs> Very, I liked it. Yeah. I mean, you guys um, two up. Where else can people find your stuff? Uh, at Funny Asian Dude. That's my uh, Twitter and Instagram. Nice. Or JimmyComedy.com. Uh, 
yeah, I'm going to be in San Francisco this Sunday doing a show there at Cobbs. Nice. Um, Classic. Yeah, you guys, uh, you know, just follow me, tweet me, whatever. And, um, you know, go watch Patriots Day, man. When's the last time an Asian <laughs> Asian actor gets to play an American hero that's based on a guy in real life? You know what I mean? We need to hang yeah. out, Danny. Yeah. Shout out to Danny May. Danny May. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, you can always send us an email at podcast.collaboration.org. We always love hearing from you. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, or wherever podcasts are found through our RSS feeds. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. And yeah, thanks to Paul Date for use of his song Fire for this week's intro and outro. And that'll do it. Thanks again for listening. Um, next week, we'll be coming at you, I guess, from Sundance. Nice. Minji and I are headed to Park City soon, like today and tomorrow. Go Pack. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Jimmy, for joining us Thank and letting you. us record in your beautiful house. No, I wouldn't say beautiful or a house. It's a <laughs> crummy one-bedroom apartment. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. No, don't We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Set the bridge on fire. Since you won't let me cross Listening to Whoa. Whoa. Hot Luck. Hot luck.